You're listening to Hockey to Heroin, the road to recovery on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes Wednesdays and Saturdays. Follow Hockey to Heroin on Twitter. That's at Hockey, the number two heroin for updates and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Brady Leavitt, like any other Canadian kid, his dream was to play in the National Hockey League. Success came easily to Leavitt as he began to turn heads in the Junior Leagues. Well, he passed for Long, he's got Leavitt with him, Long walks in, Sanders, goal! Leavitt, a right-hand shot, rotates, and then sends it along, back to Leavitt, And here we go, right off the bat, a fight ensues, and it's Leavold and Kerr, and they're both getting in shots. Now Leavold throwing right after right, and just connecting like crazy. Once I met heroin, I mean, it was just, that became my new passion. What's the reason that young people who are athletes get addicted to heroin? They injure themselves, and they're more likely to be prescribed an opioid. And once addicted, many are going to switch over to heroin because it's much more cost-effective. And the effects that they produce in the brain are indistinguishable. When we talk about painkillers, we're essentially talking about heroin pills. Uh, Welcome back to another edition of Hockey to Heroin, The Road to Recovery. Guys, this is episode 24, and before I get into uh, my little intro that I do every uh, single time, Uh, I woke up this morning uh, knowing who was going to be on the podcast. There's actually going to be three guys plus me. Uh, And the basis of this uh, whole episode uh, is about Matthew Lashinsky. And if you guys have been following along, uh, I talk about it every podcast. Uh, We're actually building a studio in his honor. Uh, He played for the Sioux Greyhounds. We're going to get into that. But he was number 24. Uh, And it so happens uh, that this is podcast number 24 so uh this was not planned it just so happened to uh work out this way so it's kind of cool uh but we're gonna get into that uh guys obviously this is on the hockey podcast network if you guys are not familiar with the hockey podcast network if you're listening to it on my feed jump over to the hockey podcast network uh check out uh, all the different podcasts, guys. I think they have somewhere close to 40, 40 different podcasts, one for every single NHL team. And then uh, they have uh, other content such as uh, Hockey to Heroin, The Road to Recovery, Tales with TR. That's Terry Ryan's podcast. He's a former NHL player, first rounder of uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, he's also been on the show Letter Kenny and Frontier. Uh, he's a pretty funny guy, so uh, head over to the Hockey Podcast Network, check check that out for sure, guys. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on. Uh, maybe more, maybe nothing more uh, important uh, than uh, the Puck Support Foundation. And basically what the Puck Support Foundation is, guys, uh, was you know Mike Hangan calls it my brainchild now uh, you know I've said I've been very clear about this this is not the Brady Liebold Foundation uh, I just want to be a very small piece uh, and I was just you know came up with the idea uh, that you know guys needed help uh, I started doing this podcast 
uh, and so many guys uh, and people's family members have reached out to me, and uh, it's been it's been in, it's been incredible. Like positive positive things, uh, but then on the other side of it, guys, I've been hearing a lot of struggles. Um, and I was like, okay, hey, something's got to be done. This is unacceptable. And it, it started with the story of Matthew Lashinsky. Uh, like I said, we'll get into it. But the Puck Support Foundation, guys, is a, a group of uh, former professional and junior hockey players along with medical professionals. And uh, we're going to pick up people along the way. Like, we're taking this thing uh, to the highest level possible. Uh, my best friend, Michael Hangen, a five-year WHL guy. Uh, he also coached in the dub. He won the Royal Bank Cup as a coach as well. Uh, he's been named the chief executive director. My former teammate, Jesse Paradise, guys, uh, is the executive uh, director of business and finance. Uh, Cooper Hollick, uh, Mark Hollick's son. Mark Hollick is uh, one of the best known junior hockey coaches, definitely in Western Canada, maybe in all of Canada. Uh, his son, Cooper, a uh, former junior hockey player as well, uh, he's jumped on board and he has uh, the same title as I do, which is executive director, which is right under uh, Mike Hangen. Uh, then also, guys, uh, another friend of mine from out west, Carson Grant, uh, former junior hockey player and uh, general manager at a car dealership uh, out on Vancouver Island. Uh, he's going to be joining me on an episode here soon, too. He lost his brother uh, to an overdose as well. Uh, he's joined, he's a developing director. Guys, we're, we're getting this thing incorporated. Uh, tonight we're having our first meeting, the five of us, where we're gonna swear in bylaws and do everything like that. Um, stay tuned for that. We're uh, launching the website here soon, guys. Uh, that brings me into uh, the, the Matthew Lashinsky Memorial Studio. Uh, a new friend of mine, Matt Thompson, who you're gonna hear from here in a little bit. Uh, you know, he took the time off work, guys. He was up here all last week and uh, we worked on it. We didn't get it done. Uh, so I'm not recording in the Matthew Lashinsky studio right now, guys. Um, however, uh, you know, he was very nice enough to uh, come up uh, and, you know, we got to hang out and meet each other and uh, start building the studio. So it was lots of fun. Um, you know, we got to share stories about Matthew Lashinsky. He brought his skates, guys. We got his game-worn skates. We're going to dip them. I think it's silver or bronze. And uh, we have lots of neat stuff for the studio. We're going to remember them the right way. So uh without further ado let's get into the episode i'm super excited about this one i haven't uh had this many guys uh, on an episode before but uh like i said this episode is totally about uh matthew lashinsky uh and maybe the problems uh and some solutions uh around what we can do uh to prevent things like this from happening uh, but we are joined uh, by one of Matthew Lashinsky's best friends, of course, Matthew Thompson, one of my new best friends. Uh, we're going to be joined uh, also by Chris Lawrence, a former teammate of mine, uh, with the Norfolk Admirals uh, in the Tampa Bay Lightning system. He was a teammate of Lashinsky's in the Sioux, uh, with the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds. And Lawrence was actually drafted uh, in the first round in the 2003 OHL uh, Bantam draft. Uh, and Lashinsky was actually drafted in the second round uh, with a 26th pick overall. So they, you know, they played together uh, in the Sioux and then also uh, were joined uh, by another former teammate of Lashinsky's, also from the Sioux, uh, a legend, uh, seriously a legend, uh, Matthew Puntereri, who also uh, is a first round, former first round 
uh, OHL pick by the Guelph Storm. Uh, he was drafted 13th overall in 2001 by the Guelph Storm, and uh, Lawrence was actually drafted 6th overall uh, by the Sioux. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into this, guys. We'll, we'll talk about your, your hockey careers. Hopefully, it's not cutting in and out, because where I live in Muskoka, the internet is horse shit. Uh, but guys, I don't know who wants to jump in, but thank you for doing this, guys. Hey, thanks for having us, Smitty. Uh, great, great job you're doing. It's, it's wonderful to raise awareness for this. It's, uh, it's a big issue all over the world. I mean, I've lost friends uh, around me. I've had a couple that were close and that, that have recovered. And I've, you know, there, it's about 50 just in Western Pennsylvania alone. So the, the numbers are staggering. Um, Tom, great to meet you, buddy, and uh, and my uh, ex-teammate Lawrence. Always, always an honor and a pleasure. Probably never thought this would uh, would be happening here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's an honor to be on here with you guys and uh, remember some stories about Matt and, and uh, the issues that uh, affect our uh, past teammates and friends and, and some family members. And uh, really uh, appreciate what you what you guys are doing here, uh, uh, Brady and Matt. Yeah, thanks. And Matt, if you want to jump in. So Matt and I actually, so people have been listening and, and there's been a ton of support. I've been so fortunate and uh, Matt was one of my biggest supporters uh, from day one, and uh, he was the one that brought the story of Matthew Lashinsky to my attention. Um, you know, you guys, uh, you know, had the pleasure to get to know Lashinsky, and I, I, you know, I never got to meet him. Um, however, his story hit, hit so close to home because to, the, to this day, guys, I, I really have no idea why, uh, why he's gone and why I'm not. Uh, we live the exact same lifestyle, and we'll get into that. Uh, I actually spoke to his mom earlier today and got her blessing uh, to talk about some issues um, that weren't public about Matt. So that's really cool. Uh, but Matt Thompson, if you want to jump in, and guys, uh, Matt actually played uh, junior hockey with uh, Lashinsky after you guys did, I believe. Uh, and he's the owner of a senior men's team out in Maxville. But uh, Matt, if you want to jump in and say hi. Hey, yeah, uh, Brady, uh, like, uh, like the other guy said, you know, it's an honor for you to uh, be doing this, and uh, especially in Maddie's name. Um, you know, when I heard your story, I uh, actually, you'd send me a friend request on Facebook, I think two days after I actually got back on social media. Um, and when I heard your first pod, you know, it, uh, like I said, it really, it really hit home. And, uh, you know, as soon as I messaged you, we, we clicked right away. And uh, you're so much, so much like Maddie in so many ways that, uh, like I said, it's an honor for you to be doing this. Yeah, no, and, and Matt, I appreciate that. And like, let's—I'm not even a bullshit here. Like, uh, I've, I've said it before on, on the podcast, but you know, I'm living in Muskoka. I'm from Vancouver. Uh, I have a really nice little life going for myself. I have a pregnant girlfriend, and she's got two little ones, and uh, I consider them my kids. Uh, we're gonna be a nice little family. However. Uh, I don't have a lot of friends up here just because I don't know a lot of people. The only people I really know in Ontario, uh, aside from people that, uh, that I never get to see, such as like guys like Chris Lawrence, uh, guys that I played with uh, that I know live in Ontario, but I've never seen them since I've lived here. Uh, the only people I know in Ontario are from the drug world, uh, the jail world. And uh, I'm not going to like most of those people 98 percent of those people are, are negative people but i mean i have met a couple good people i'm not going to lie um however uh, matt i just want to say uh that i truly appreciate you coming up here and just uh hanging out like we could have got a lot more work done but we were just hanging out and, and shooting the shit but it was lots of fun so um i appreciate that 
my voice is going, but um, I want to talk to uh, uh, Lawrence a little bit because you and I played together. Uh, we first met each other actually uh, in Victoria, BC. We were there for uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning's prospects camp and we were actually roommates for a week. Do you remember that? Yeah, definitely. It was a, uh, it was a really fun uh, week. A uh, lot of uh, good players and, and uh, a lot of friendships made. Um, definitely uh, some fond memories of that week for sure. Yeah, we, we did have a lot of fun. And um, if anyone's read the Sportsnet article, uh, you know, that story in the article is, uh, is about that week. And uh, you were my roommate that whole week. And you probably didn't know what was going on. But if you read the yeah. article, um, you know, I was smoking weed and doing coke uh, while we were there. Well, you know, Steve Stamkos is there. And I had no idea. The next day, me and the other guy um, that were partying ended up being on the same line together with Steve Stamkos. So it was kind of yeah. surreal, guys. And, and I, again, I want to share this because uh, I've had the, the blessing from the family. Um, I've spoke about it, uh, about it, but that another guy that was there that week was Mitch Fadden, Chris, and um, Fads yeah. was with us in Norfolk as well. And um, he was the other guy uh, in that article uh, that was partying with me that night. And that's not to, to sit here and, and say he was a bad guy, because let's, let's not kid ourselves. We've all partied and, and some harder than others. But um, Mitch Fadden lost his life uh, also to a fentanyl overdose. His brother confirmed it to me. Uh, two days ago. And apparently uh, it was in a bad batch of cocaine that was laced with fentanyl. And uh, he died in a hotel room by himself. And listen, Mitch Fadden uh, was drafted by the Tampa Bay Lightning. And this guy was so disgustingly skilled. Um, it wasn't even funny. And uh, I've said it before, but I was trying to message this guy uh, for like two months to try to get him on the podcast. And, and little did I know, um, that he actually died two, that him and Matthew Lashinsky died two weeks apart, roughly. Um, Matt Thompson told me that, but uh, it's just really sad, guys. So, uh, like I said, it was a great weekend. You said it too. Um, but Matt Punterary, uh, what do you remember? Like, what's your first memory of Matthew Lashinsky? Um, you know, Matt, he was uh, he's pretty quiet kid. You know, he, uh, he saved himself quite a bit. Uh, you know, he's a hard worker. Uh, always a lot of fun to be around. You know, he, he kind of stuck with the same crew. We had a, we had a group of five, uh, you know, that he was a lot closer with. Uh, you, you could tell he had some demons, you know, but he, he wasn't, uh, to my knowledge, uh, doing any of the hard drugs. You know, he, he may have uh, smoked some weed while he was out there, but, uh, you know, nothing nothing any more than that. Um, you know, he, he was always great to be around. He was, uh, you know, I'm sure he had an anger anger issue uh, in, in some uh, – some parts of his life but we we never saw that uh with him he was uh you know he was just one of the boys and really uh really enjoyed his company yeah yeah uh, i mean to, uh, go ahead sorry. go ahead yeah Mike. to uh, piggyback on that uh having been in the in the same draft uh, coming up we uh we went up before the season started and kind of walked around town a little bit and like pun said if he was if he was cool with you and you know he he would he would talk to you um if he felt comfortable, you know what I mean? He, he would stick around the same guys and, and pretty funny kid, uh, always kind of, uh, chuckling and, you know, just the regular, uh, teenager, you know, like, like chasing girls and, you know, having fun with the guys and just hanging out. 
Um, yeah, and and that's pretty uh, you know common stuff. And and even uh, uh, punts, you even mentioned the smoking the weed. So I'll go on the record right now and say I didn't do any hard drugs while I was playing in the CHL and the WHL. Like you guys are OHL guys, but I played out in the dub and like. Yeah, when I was 18, I quit the dub and I went to go play in the BC Hockey League Junior A. And there I was doing, co I did coke in between the periods of the games, playing on a line with Kyle Turris. I'm not even kidding. But then when I went back to the dub, I never, ever, ever did hard drugs during this year, but I did smoke weed. And uh, a lot of guys did. And um, so I just want to say that, you know, that's a pretty common occurrence as, as much as I, uh, again, this podcast is about telling the truth. So uh, I appreciate that. And, and uh, I totally believe it. I don't think uh, really uh, Maddie would have been doing hard drugs, but um, do you guys have any idea how it all started for him? Uh, no, no clue actually, uh, Brayden. And touching on your point, uh, you know, I, I was similar as well. I, you know, I started smoking weed at 17, um, but uh, none of the hard stuff uh, was experimented with until, you know, after, after the junior hockey career, it was more 22, 23. Um, you know, I'm not sure if that's uh, common. Um, you know, everyone's, everyone's story is different on, on how they uh, were first introduced or, or when. Um, but, uh, no, I, you know, I, I dropped off Maddie uh, from our second road trip. He would have been uh, 17 going on 18. I was 19 going on 20. And, uh, you know, that was last, uh, last year we call each other. We would keep in, keep in touch every, uh, every blue moon. But, yeah, the, the hard drugs were never, uh, never mentioned in any, any of our conversations. So, you know, as far as that goes, uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't give you a, a time estimate. Yeah. And you know what? I actually um, – I've become fairly close with his family. Um, you know, his parents uh, and his sister have both donated money um, to the studio, which was uh, fantastic. And they're going to come up here. Uh, and you know what, I haven't actually um, asked his family too, too much about how it started. And I'm going to, uh, when I see them. Uh, but I spoke to, I spoke to his mom earlier today. And I just wanted to uh, get permission to speak about um, what happened. And, and uh, like, I didn't get the details, maybe that I should have. Um, but like, again, I will share those at a later date. But what I, what I did get permission to talk about is the fact that um, Lashinsky spent a lot of time in jail and so did I. And um, his mom is still, his mom keeps telling me um, that she just doesn't understand it. She'll never understand why. Um, and it's a really tough thing. Um, do you guys know a lot of guys um, that struggled with painkillers and that sort of stuff? Um, yeah, I know a, a couple uh, tough guys that uh, have, have openly struggled with uh, some painkillers and um, they, uh, to their credit, they have, have beaten their, uh, or they live, they live every day with uh, their addiction, but they don't do painkillers anymore. And um, yeah, it's a slippery slope, definitely. Um, uh, and they said they wouldn't wish it upon anyone. And I could see how it could uh, snowball into uh, something uh, more heavy. Yeah, well, uh, man, I'll tell you what. It, um, listen, I partied, I did the ecstasy, did the coke. And uh, I always took it a little bit to the extreme, even the drinking. Uh, you know, I was never the guy that shut it down. I was always the guy that wanted to keep going. And um, yeah. But, you know, 
I'll tell you, when you start doing something like opiates and your body physically needs it, it, it really takes over everything because uh, if you don't have that, you have nothing else. You can't even get out of bed, right? So it's, it's, yeah. so, it's so fucked up. Um, Matt Thompson, do you, Matt Thompson, do you know the story? Uh, did Matt Lashinsky ever share with you? Because listen, you uh, spent a lot of time with him after he was in the Sioux. Um, towards the end, uh, you know, when he was more into his addiction. Uh, do you know, uh, did he ever share with you how it started? Um, you know, yeah, Maddie and I definitely had some, uh, you know, some good talks. And, um, you know, he did have uh, shoulder surgery. So I know uh, when, he, when that happened, you know, he said he, uh, he stayed around the sewer or whatever. They kept him there. And, uh, you know, I, from, what I heard, you know, he started on uh, medication, you know what I mean? The opiates, the oxys for, uh, or painkillers for shoulder surgery. Now, I'm not 100% if that's where it all started, but from what, you know, I've heard and um, everything, you know, how it come together, that's, uh, that's the start of it for one. Well, I, you know, at the end of the day, the details to me um aren't the most important thing the most important thing is the ending of the story and how tragic it is and so uh the way that i look at it is i look at lishinsky's hockey db and elite prospects page which we all do as hockey players and that's the first thing we do is is we go to those pages so i've obviously been to his page a lot and um you look at a guy like him and uh Larry, who everyone calls Lawrence, Larry in Norfolk. I don't know if you guys, if everyone always called you Larry, if it was just because Chuck and Larry came out and we're like, Larry. But anyways, uh, maybe you can jump in. But like, listen, you were the first round pick of the Sioux, right? And Maddie was the second. So, I mean, he obviously was a good player. Uh, he never had the numbers uh, for the Sioux. Uh, he didn't play a whole lot of games. Now, my understanding of it is that he got hurt and uh, he ended up going home in the summer, getting into some trouble uh, and ending up in jail. Uh, now, this was never pu put out in the news or uh, put on the public. If any one of three of you can confirm any of that, I would love to hear what you guys have to say. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, to start camp, I think he fought uh, Matt Manias in camp, uh, who was a few years older than he was. And uh, uh, Lazinski, uh, he had respect for the older guys, but he, was, he wasn't afraid of anyone and uh, ended up fighting. And I think they fell a little awkwardly and, and he uh, popped his shoulder out and needed surgery. So he started the year with shoulder surgery and behind the eight ball. And so uh, it's always uh, a struggle to get into the lineup uh, when you're a little out of shape and everybody's in midseason form. And uh, but yeah, he was he was a good player, a, a tough a tough player for sure. I think uh, they drafted him on his potential to be a uh, a pretty tough kid, uh, and that's the way the, the the game was at that time. You needed to have that type of grit. And uh, his, his skating wasn't, wasn't the greatest, but he, he could get around and he had pretty soft hands for, for a, a pretty tough kid. Um, and then, yeah, after the season, I mean, I didn't really talk to him a whole lot and, uh, and I'm still kind of uh, in the dark as to what exactly happened uh, when he went home in the summertime. Um, but 
Yeah. Well, what uh, were you guys told? Like, what were you guys told? Uh, I don't think we were really told anything, to be honest. Um, puns, yeah. do, do you remember? No, not uh, not very much was talked about. Uh, you know, I, I, we knew a little bit from his home about you know some of the troubles he had. It seemed like it was more more violent things than uh, you know than drug addiction. Um, touching on uh, you know being drafted so high, I know Chris can relate to this because he was two years after Jeff Carter. He had similar body, similar game, and I was the same way. I got drafted a year after Dustin Brown. So it's, yeah. you know, and I was supposed to, I had the same agent. I was supposed to uh, you know that. It was a big shoes to fill, man. It's a lot of pressure for a 16, 17-year-old kid. And, uh, you know, especially with the depression and any anxiety, all these things, uh, you know, they all they all lead to uh, depending on something. And the, and the opioids, uh, you know, they, I've, I've read that they take less than a week to really become dependent on. You know, it's really scary stuff. It, it doesn't uh, it doesn't take long. Four to five so, days, guys. Four to five days. And I'll tell you, um, it's crazy. It is absolutely insane um you can't even believe that something that like that can do that to you and then all of a sudden you just have to do a little bit again and then you're superman you feel fine and it is it is just unbelievable so like here's my thing um you guys uh we're not really told anything and uh let's be honest uh, as junior hockey players uh we all it's such a small window and um it's a very competitive nature in the dressing room as much as it's a team uh well it was for me i can only speak for me myself but uh why why did the sioux just let him go and where is the accountability on their part and 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 it's not just them it's it's all the teams uh in the chl i've seen it happen so many times and i understand it's a business uh it's a pro league however we forget that these are just kids and uh fuck man like i don't know what the answer is but this is why uh we're starting the puck support foundation so originally it was okay we're going to be there to help guys when they need to get help and that's great. And, and that was my kind of vision for it. And, and that was sort of all I, you know, it was just my thinking at the time and, and I just wanted to help. And, and that was great. It's a great vision. But now that we've brought this team in and, and like Darren McCarty is going to be on the board and like Doug Gilmore supporting us, Ken Campbell, the senior writer for the hockey news is writing our mission statement. Like this is not a fucking joke. Like, we're in like the, my buddy, Mike Hengen, the exe chief executive director is getting us into like a bunch of these high, high class fundraisers. Um, you know, like we have the support of, of some very um, high profile hockey names and um, some very smart people. Now, what our vision now guys is, yes, we're still going to, you know, try to help people when they need help like that vision, but um, getting in and getting in with Hockey Canada and getting into talking to these kids when they're 12, 13, 14. Um, and not just about drugs, guys, but just um, letting, a, letting them know that there's a, there's a support network out there um, of like-minded people that have gone through the same thing. And, and I certainly wish I had that when I was a junior hockey player. Not every guy is going to utilize that. Some guys cruise through junior and, and then, you know, go and have successful careers and, and whatever. Uh, whether it's in hockey or not, but a lot of guys suffer, struggle, whether it's from homesickness, depression. Uh, there's so many different things. What do you guys think of that? 
Absolutely, buddy. Uh, and, uh, you know, to touch on Matty, uh, I was gone before he uh, left the two. And, um, you know, I think that's another thing to, uh, to bring up is, you know, this, this stuff's very difficult to talk about. You know, it's, uh, you know, if someone's struggling, they don't, they don't want others to know. It's embarrassing. It's, it's, it's very difficult to, uh, to take those first steps. So I'm, I'm uncertain if the Sioux would have, uh, you know, had any idea of the situation he was in because, you know, I wasn't aware and I was around him just about daily when we played together. Um, and, and with the OHL, the CHL as a whole, having all, all types of resources to, uh, you know, to help someone like that. I mean, it's very important to, uh, to let, let people know that, that people care about them and uh, know that, that they're there for them when, uh, when they need someone to talk to. Well, yeah, guys, and, and I hate to be the one talking all the time, so jump in. But, I mean, listen, the NHLPA is, is great from my understanding. Um, however... I didn't play 160 games in the NHL. Fuck, I didn't even play one. Did you guys? No. So where's your fucking support right now? Right? Like Lawrence. Like Lawrence, uh, how many fucking, how many games, professional games have you played? Punts, how many professional games have you played? You guys have both fucking played all over the place. Like like Lawrence, you played in the A for fucking almost 200 games. Uh, you played almost 200 games in the coast. You played 181 in the A, 151 in the coast, 167 in fucking England somewhere, like in the EIHL, which is a very good league too. Uh, another 12 in France, a fucking 261 in the fucking O. Like count all those games up. Like that's, that's fucking a lot of hockey and a lot of miles. And maybe you don't have a lot of injuries. Um, but, I mean, fuck, most guys that play that long are going to have shit that happens to them when they're done. Punts, you played fucking over in Australia. Like, you played in the fucking coast, in the Federal League, which you're banned from because you drank a beer in the middle of a fight. <laughs> By the way, if anybody wants to check that out, I'm not trying to encourage it or anything, but this guy, Matt, Matthew Pontereri, uh staged a fight while he was playing a professional hockey game and pulled a beer out and chugged it. And now he's banned for life from the league. So punts, what can you tell us about that? Uh, well, I can tell you that was the only fight I've ever won. So that was, uh, that was the one. <laughs> uh, I felt bad that, uh, you know, I, as I was reading some of the reviews on it, I felt bad. I, I can't remember their names, but they you know, there were some well-known uh, NHL fighters um, that had commented on that were offended by it. Um, you know, thinking it was uh, a disgrace to the game or or, uh, or something to uh, um, to chirp them. Um, so, you know, I'd like to apologize to them uh, about that. Certainly wasn't my intention. You know, I, I was just kind of fed up with the way uh, the league was treating their players. I'm a big uh, treat others the way you want to be treated type of guy. So it was kind of a, kind of a fuck you to the league type of thing. I, I had no intentions of uh, it being filmed by any means. It was, uh, it was my idea. I went up to Jesse and uh, – I said, hey, you want to you try this? And uh, he was initially supposed to have a beer as well, but uh, his coach found out about it, and they were in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, he ended up not doing a beer uh, and, and ended up getting suspended for the rest of the year anyway. So uh, that was unfortunate that he didn't even get to, uh, to quench his thirst out there for the fight. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, uh, well, it was just kind of a last second. I just, it was the last game of the season, so it was more for fun. And I, I was done with the FHL at that point. So, uh, yeah, the, yeah, well, the life I mean – I mean, I can understand that. And I'm glad that, you know, I brought it up uh, like lightheartedly. I wasn't aware that uh, 
that you receive messages like that. I mean, and now that I think about it, I, I could totally understand that side of it, but I'm yeah, glad you cleared yeah. it up because listen, I totally believe you 100% just from what I've heard about you. And then uh, just from talking to you briefly, I could tell that you're just a pure beauty and uh, would never, ever disrespect any of these guys. And listen, I can imagine that that league could have been bullshit at times and you're fed up with it. And if they're going to treat you like that and treat you like, you know, let's, let's treat the league like that. I'm the, I have the same mentality and maybe we need to grow up a little bit, but at the same time, what else can we do? Yeah, we're stubborn, right? We, uh, uh, we, we definitely uh, don't take any shit from anybody. It's, uh, it's kind of an MO, not a bad thing. I mean, uh, enforcers as a whole, they're just, uh, to me, the best teammate in sports. So if I was going to disrespect anybody, it certainly wouldn't be them. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, it's kind of a dying breed in, in hockey right now. I, you know, hopefully it will uh, make a little comeback. Because, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that uh, work their tail off to, to get that opportunity. And unfortunately, the way the game's going, uh, you know, their, their role is kind of being lessened. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, I mean, to me, the best, uh, best teammates in sports. I mean, you could say that about all hockey players. It seems like, uh, yeah, I've never met a guy I didn't like on the, on the 125 teams I played for. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> just, just a great guys. Yeah. Hey, so you guys, uh, I mean, you guys are playing like Lawrence, you played senior last year. Is that right? Or, yeah. or what did you play? Yeah. Um, how, how was the transition? <laughs> Uh, to real life now that you're not playing pro hockey. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely a trip. I mean, playing hockey for, I mean, all the way growing up and then over 12 years pro and then coming back and, and just staying in one place for a while. I mean, it was nice that I got to play senior A, so you had a, a little bit of a, uh, you know, a little bit of hockey still in your life uh, as you're trying to figure things out. But uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely hard uh, once you call it quits to uh, figure out like what, what your interests are and you kind of have to reinvent yourself. And um, I, at the, at the time during this year, I got a concussion as well, post conky syndrome. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a bit of a, a struggle, but uh, definitely have an optimistic uh, outlook um, and uh, been, been off alcohol for six months now. So uh, Good for I haven't you. been That's... using it yet. I haven't been using it to cope. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, and and Chris, listen, yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, I, I really appreciate you opening up and uh, cause I know it's not easy for everybody. Like I get out here and I, I just speak my mind. Like, Oh, I was an IV drug user and I've tracked my like that. Like I am so out there and people like it or you don't. And I'm just whatever, but that's not the same for everybody. So I appreciate you uh, coming out here and, and sharing that because um <laughs> you're not alone man like yeah. uh punts i'm sure you uh can can touch on this too but uh and and i mean thompson you've uh you know you played junior hockey but you uh you know you went into uh like real life pretty much you know from a young age but i, I can imagine even then it was hard so like we all played hockey from the time we were whatever five years old and that's all that we've known so uh this is another thing with the puck support foundation. So uh, dealing with, you know, post-concussion syndrome, depression, addiction, um, and then like, you know, not being able to find a job or like, we are going to like have things in place, like networks all over North America, like where, uh, you know, 
you have people that can give you an opportunity to give you a job and to, you know, get you, we're going to have a treatment center, like a good treatment center that we have a relationship with that, you know, that's a private one that, you know, is like one of the best ones in Canada. And like, like, this is the way we're doing things. And I think it's so important. And like to like, Lawrence, I just appreciate you, you saying that, like, what, what are you doing with yourself? Like, what do you see for yourself? Uh, I'm glad you're optimistic. I am optimistic for all of us too. Uh, but what is it uh, that you uh, have in your sights right now? And then once you're done, punts, if you want to jump in, uh, I'd love to hear from you as well. Well, I, yeah, I, I had uh, post-concussion syndrome for, for a while that was kind of messing with me uh, pretty bad. So I've been pretty much off everything, but uh, microdosing uh, mushrooms, uh, which, which seems to be helpful, uh, trying to use the plant medicine. And yeah. um but uh, yeah, I ended up, I got a master's degree when I was in Scotland uh, for uh, business management and strategy. So I'm hoping to parlay that into uh, some type of a sales job and see if I like it. And I mean, you don't have to stay in it forever. Just kind of um, put yourself out there. And I think that's one of the, the hard things when you first get back is putting yourself out there, you know, asking for help or ask, talking to your friends about uh, opportunities and stuff like that. So. Um, just trying to uh, use my network and and see what's out there. That's great, and and uh, I yeah, that's uh, it's awesome. It's it's certainly not easy. And punts, if you want to touch on it a little bit too, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are on it. For sure, you know, uh, people talk about it all the time. The transition from uh, you know from an athlete um, retiring and and finding something else to do, even if they you know they've made enough money to uh, to call it call it re retirement from uh from the real world uh, you know it's still you still need to uh to um take care of all those three hours you know so, and, and a lot of guys they're very intelligent um you know they're very good head on their shoulders but they just they're not sure what their past or what their uh you know what their uh thing after hockey would be you know I, myself i have some ideas for uh for post hockey but uh you know, a lot of them are are far-fetched dreams but at the same time i i feel like that's a, a better route than uh and working a, a real world job that you don't enjoy. I mean, it's unfortunate that uh, in today's society, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are in, in uh, situations they, they maybe would uh, prefer to change, but to, you know, put food on the table to, uh, to support your family. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta make those sacrifices. But uh, you know, I, I think, uh, especially with the injuries, uh, we touched on it earlier with the, in the sports world. I mean, it's, it's very easy to, uh, you know, to be dependent on those opioids. Hopefully, or uh, or other uh, you know other things to, to take your mind off of uh, your hockey career being over because um, you know a lot of times there is no plan B even even if you've had ten or prepare for it. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? And and when you're playing major junior, um, you're kind of going all in because you're forfeiting your your scholarship rights. And yeah, you get the CHL scholarship for every year you play. And listen, I I am not. I think it's great. Yeah, it's something. Uh, the CIS, too, is getting better. Uh, I still don't like the way they have it set up. If you sign up a pro contract and you play this many games, your, your schooling's no good. I think that's horseshit. Um, I think you should have longer to use it because realistically, if you, if you work your whole life uh, and, you, and, you know, the whole idea is to, to play pro hockey um, and then you're in the best junior hockey league in the world, uh, you know, and the whole goal is to make it to the NHL, but then they're going to give you this schooling, but then they, they make you choose whether you're going to go after your NHL dream 
support you're going to go for your schooling. Isn't that fucking ridiculous? Like, I, I don't understand it myself. Um, but again, it's a business. Year, and, and, like, what's that? They give you one year after your, your playing career, you get one year off and then you, you have to go to school that second year. Otherwise, uh, yeah, the, the scholarship money they give you is, is gone, which I think I, mine was about 50000 Um, You know, being a first-round pick, which I think was, was a pretty good amount compared to some other contracts. But, uh, yeah, if you, if you weren't going to use it um, basically right after your, your is over, then, uh, yeah, you forfeit the contract. Yeah, if you sign an NHL contract or an American League contract, it's gone. And then if you play – a game after January 10th, after your first year a junior, uh, you forfeit your eligibility. Those are the rules, uh, or they were. I don't know if they've changed in the last couple of years. Um, but that, to me, needs to be uh, amended a little bit. Uh, I want to get back into to talking about your guys' time in the suit quickly before we get into talking to Matt Thompson more about, um, you know, what Matt was like and, and you know, what happened uh, – towards the end uh, when, when we lost him in, in 2017. And um, what was your guys' uh, you know, the biggest or the, the most difficult times uh, through junior hockey or what were the things, uh, the biggest challenges? Uh, were there ever times where um, you guys almost thought like, hey, uh, I just want to go home and, and be a normal kid? Oh, um, uh, for me, yeah, I mean, it, obviously I, I was lucky enough to, when I got traded to come back to Mississauga and basically, I mean, that's kind of my hometown. So, but, uh, playing up in the Sioux, it was, it was pretty great. Like we had a, uh, pretty close knit team because I think we're on the road 33 games a year, a year and, uh, we had the longest uh, road trip. So we're always around the guys who so end up being becoming pretty good friends but uh yeah I mean there are times when when you're not playing or you're not playing very well or you hate the coach or this or that 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 you uh you feel kind of shitty but I think as hockey players uh being pretty resilient you kind of uh, uh learn to to cope with the bad stuff and push through and sometimes you end up uh using different things to help you help you do that and uh or uh yeah, develop uh, uh, an anxiety or something. But uh, sometimes when you're that young, you don't feel comfortable coming forward or or talking about it. And um, yeah, for me, I mean, I love playing too. I had I had great uh, billets and and good friends on the team. But yeah, there are some tough times when when you're out there and it's not going well that you're like, what what am I uh, kind of doing? But uh, from overall, I had a pretty good experience. And what about uh, yeah, yeah, the most difficult thing for me, without a doubt, was, uh, you know, the transition. Um, you're playing guys that are 18, 19, 20, which is only two, three, four years. But, uh, you know, those are big years for the body, just uh, physically maturing. And, and to be honest, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, very mentally challenged uh, before the OHL. You know, I, I was always the best player on the team. I never, uh, you know, hockey came pretty easy to me. But, uh, you know, then you get thrown on the fourth line. You get thrown into a, a 13th, 14th uh, forward. We, we were hosting the Nun Cup that year. So I actually, uh, you know, I was, I was lucky to get as many games in as I did my rookie year. Uh, we had about 10, 19-year-olds. I, I just saw a list of we had about 12 guys that were drafted. So, uh, you know, we were pretty stacked. I, I think that was the, the toughest part because, uh, 
yeah, that's never happened to you before. And, and obviously being away from home, I mean, I remember bawling my eyes out the night before I left just because it was so, uh, you know, it, it was unknown. And then, you know, here I am 15, 20 years later traveling to as many places as I can and loving every second of it. But, uh, you know, it's it certainly uh, to put your first foot in the water is uh, it's a difficult thing. And, the, yeah, I think the, you know, the challenge of, uh, of, the maturity level being so different between uh, every kid, you know, uh, how they were brought up, what what kind of things they faced um, before they make it to the junior level. I mean, it's uh, everyone's starting on a on a different uh, at a different uh, starting point. Yeah, it's a good point. And for people that don't know, I should have said it earlier. You're from Wampum, Pennsylvania, right? That's you're not even a Canadian kid. So so you uh, you actually. <laughs> Uh, you know, had to come to Canada, a foreign country, and again, you know, it was obviously your dream and you're chasing it. Uh, but it's it's so so difficult, and uh, I'm just curious as to if you guys would have felt comfortable uh, going to uh, one of the coaches or the GMs uh, and sharing how you really felt at those times. Uh, and if not them, uh, did you guys have? Uh, people in the, in the organ within the organization or resources available to you um, that you could reach out. And did you know that things like that were available? Like, where is it, was it known or, or did you guys have the option to talk to psychologists or, or what? Um, we did have team psychologists. Um, you know, I, to be honest, I, I didn't use it very often. I, I felt uh, like Larry, I, uh, you know, had great billets wherever I went, and uh, you know, if I had any issues, I, I felt very comfortable uh, speaking with them about it. I mean, they were they were basically like uh, second parents to me, so I would usually go that route. Um, as far as the coaching goes, I mean, it's a difficult uh, conversation to have. You know, I mean, because uh, if you don't if you don't deliver your message the right way, it might he might hold it against you in the future. You know, and it's uh, you know, I know at the end of the year meeting, I we we uh, discussed my role for the second season, moving up from a you know, four or five guys to, to a top six or top five. And, uh, you know, it, it was uh, even a tough uh, discussion. And even when, uh, you know, Coach Jackson brought it up, I mean, it, it's, uh, as a 17-year-old, it can be pretty intimidating being in, uh, being in a, a coaching office with someone who's uh, going to have a big impact on your, on your future career. No, well, and yeah, and it's, uh, you know, you're in practice. I know you're, I was, I can speak for myself, you know, scared of making a mistake or, you know, you're on the ice, you're scared of making a mistake. And, and um, it's just, it can be uncomfortable. And I mean, like, yeah, it's nice. Uh, I had great billets too. And I shared a lot of my problems with my billets, but I mean, I was never completely honest with anybody uh, about what was going on. And, and, and maybe that's uh, high expectations. Um, because people typically aren't uh, so forthcoming. However, um, that's really what I want the puck support to be, is to, to have this network of, of people like psychologists that are available all the time. Because I knew that like in Swift Current, yeah, we had a great psychologist come in like once in a while, but he wasn't always available. And it was like, you know, and I knew that I was 17 years old. Well, I'm a minor. And if I say anything like I'm suicidal or I'm this or I'm that, well, guess what? They're probably going to tell my parents. They're going to tell the coach. And next thing you know, uh, I'm not going to be playing or they're going to, you know, think I'm whatever. So, uh, you know, being able to have like a, an outside source of people to talk to and, uh, and ultimately uh, if a kid tells you certain things, 
um, you know, most people have an obligation and I understand that, and I don't want to shy away from that, but, um, I, I want to get in guys, um, a little bit more about Lashinsky and Matt Thompson will bring you in and I appreciate you being patient, buddy. And, um, just talk about a little bit about when you met Maddie, um, and what your first impression of him was, uh, how old you guys were, where was he at with his hockey career? Um, and, uh, yeah, just tell me a, bit, a little bit about your friendship. So, yeah, um, I think I met Maddie probably, uh, it was the summer of 04 or 05. Um, it was, uh, he just finished uh, his season in the Sioux. He came back, uh, it was probably actually the spring, not the summer, sorry, but he came back to Barry and uh, we're in high school and, you know, I met him there and uh, right away we uh, we kicked it off. And, you know, uh, like those guys said earlier, you know, if Matty liked you, he liked you. And uh, that was, um, that was you know, a good friend. And I uh, hung out with him, you know, quite a bit. Um, and that was the biggest thing was his transition. I think um, from the, from the you know, from the time he left the Sioux to getting in trouble and, uh, you know, um, his transition, just trying to hold down a job. Um, where his mind was, you know, he was, uh, he was depressed, obviously the way everything worked out. Um, you know, you go from playing hockey, like you guys did every single day to, uh, not knowing what you're doing with yourself and, you know, seeing guys that you guys played with in the suit, you know, he talked about, he's seen, you know, Carter and Tyler Kennedy and, um, Andrew Desjardins when they won the cup, you know, that really, really took a toll on him. And I think, uh, and that's where it uh, it all really started to go downhill with him. Yeah, and uh, but other than I, that, I, you know, he's a great he was a great guy. Yeah, and I understand that too because, like, I uh, you know, I Maddie spent. I think his mom told me today uh, he was in jail uh, four different times, and I want people to understand something that uh, I was in jail more than that. Um, I think I was in and out of jail like six times or, or seven times and fucking unbelievable. Like I, I never would have a million years thought uh, that I would have ended up in jail. And I've never said this, but I, I did get charged for assault when I was like 12, but the charges got dropped. It was just like a, a friend, uh, like a fight with a, a family friend and, and the parents were trying to like scare me and my friend, you know what I mean? It was one of those things. And right before the fingerprints, they, they dropped the charges and, um, you know, I was just, uh, always getting in trouble as a kid. I went through some shit that I talked about on one of the podcasts and that, but, but, um, you know, I just want people to fully understand that like, um, you know, none of this stuff about Lashinsky, uh, was in the paper, but when he got uh, arrested, but I believe he got arrested uh, when he was 18 years old and, and went to jail for over a year. So that's why he wasn't in the Sioux. Um, and uh, not too many people listening to the podcast in the hockey world are probably going to know uh, what going to jail is like because in the hockey world, that's not really common. Um, and it really, it's not a common thing in the world in general. So, uh, but what it does um, is it changes you. And uh, from what I hear, Maddie was a violent person. I was a violent person. Uh, I'm still working on that. Like, um, I can't even tell you how many people I've hit outside of hockey in the last few years uh, when I was in my addiction doing collections and this like, and people thrived on it because I knew how to fight or I was tough and I just didn't give a shit. And uh, from what I hear, uh, Matt was the same way. Now, uh, not just stories from you, Matt Thompson. I've heard stories uh, 
um, from people that know him in the other life too, because I was in the same jail on the same range with the same people as Matt was uh, just years after. Um, this was after he was already, you know, I went to that same, that jail in, in 2019 and he passed away in 2017. But, um, you know, now I remember hearing stories about, uh, this guy that played in the O was in there and passed away. And I thought it was just some bullshit story. Like, oh yeah, whatever. Cause, cause you guys wouldn't know, believe how many people, uh, you guys have probably, it's probably maybe happened to you guys. Um, but if someone's ever told you that, uh, oh, that they're this, this good of a hockey player and this and this, and you know, they're full of shit and. And, and then, so you start questioning on them. Oh, so who is your coach or so who is this or, and, and you know, and you can catch them in a lie or whatever. So like a lot of people like just tell these stupid stories. So I just didn't like pay much attention to it. But then, um, you know, I heard a lot of stories um, from people in, in the underworld in Aurelia and Barry uh, where Matt was hanging out um, just about, you know, the way he was and how tough he was and, um, you know, just the type of guy he was. And at the bottom of the bottom of it all is he was a great guy um, that was battling um, demons. And I mean, the things he did was like direct, direct, um, directly because of his addiction. Like uh, it, addiction takes people to places and, and makes them do things that they would never do in a million years. Uh, and it's just unbelievable. And, and, and until you go through it, you can't understand it. So uh, I really want people to remember Matthew Lashinsky the right way. So like uh, when I got arrested in Vancouver, uh, like, so I was in jail for like eight months before uh, I got sentenced and I didn't really tell too many people that I was a pro hockey player, but I kind of got out in the jail um, but then people were like, oh, you're a fucking liar. Da, 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 da. And then when I got sentenced, it was fucking front page news uh, in the Vancouver newspaper. So I just walked by a table in the jail uh, on the range. And I was like, here, and I just threw the paper down. And I was like, see, I'm not a fucking liar. Right. And uh, so like, I couldn't hide from that. It was on the fucking TV. Plus I was on crime stoppers. Like it was fucking bad, man. Like it was so bad. And um embarrassing for me and my family and so there was no hiding from it now there's nothing about Lashinsky getting arrested that I can find on the internet so um people wouldn't have known too much about it other than the fact that it, you know that he passed away and unless you know him however uh, I want people to know um how you know powerful addiction is and that it can take the greatest of the people um, with the greatest potential in the world and shatter their lives. And that is another reason why the, you know, the puck support foundation, and if it's not heroin or fentanyl, it's, it's alcohol. Lawrence, like you said, you, you stop the drinking and, uh, you know, um, if it's not the drinking, it's the Coke. Like if it's not the Coke, it's the drinking and the Coke. And, and it, it's a lot of guys won't even be honest about it. And that's a thing. Um, and then when they're done playing, uh, there's suffering and silence. And, and a lot of times um, it all of a sudden escalates very quickly. And all of a sudden you haven't played for a year or two. Uh, and you have this whole new crew of friends that aren't your friends uh, that are in this whole new world that you never even knew really existed uh, in that way. Like you kind of had an idea, but, uh, and then all of a sudden you're fucking in it and it's just crazy. And, uh, I just really want people to remember Matthew Lashinsky, the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhound, um, the son, the brother, uh, the friend. And 
that is really what we're doing here and uh we're not gonna stop um you know i want to get in touch with the sioux st marie greyhounds um and try to make that relationship uh a positive one and and so that this doesn't happen again because um I feel like too many uh, junior teams just quit on guys. And I understand it's a business. You have to keep guys coming in and whatever. But um, even if uh, you're not going to keep a guy on your roster, I feel like they're kids. And, and like, if you're going to let somebody go, like, shouldn't you, isn't there an accountability there to like check up on the kids and make sure they're doing okay. And, and like, if you don't want them on their, t- your team, like, aren't they good enough to play somewhere if they were playing in the O? Couldn't you help them get on another team and make sure that they're doing all right and, and, and just follow up? And, and to me, that is, is where they, they lost them. And, uh, you know, even after, like, the alumni programs for the WHL and the different teams, they're great. Um, but I still think there can be more done. And uh, because I think a lot of guys need that a lot of guys need that bonding of, of the team. And that's really what guys miss. Like, yeah, we miss playing and practicing, but it's the friendships and the bond and the family, like the dressing room and stuff uh, that we miss. Right. And uh, it's extremely, extremely difficult. Uh, do you know, Matt Thompson, if, uh, if Matt Lashinsky um, tried to get clean and went to rehab, I know you told me some stories, but he you he lived at your house, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he lived uh, he lived with me for a bit, and uh, yeah, he uh, he did go to rehab. Um, I'm not sure how many times as uh, he went, but I uh, I moved away uh, probably in 2015, and I know uh, when I had moved away, he was he was in rehab at the time. Um, I moved to the Ottawa area. And that's where I live now. But uh, you know, Maddie and I. Every time I seen him, he uh, he was always happy to see me. And uh, you know, like I said, um, he was a great guy. So, uh, like you said, there's definitely he's not the only one. Um, there's numerous other kids out there that uh, you know. What I mean, their their junior careers are done, or their hockey careers are done, and it's uh, they don't have anywhere to go or to lean towards. Yeah, and um, I mean, go ahead, guys. Sorry, uh, I just wanted to uh, to mention because I, you know, I, I've had a, a gambling addiction myself in the past, and I think uh, what you mentioned about uh, not being honest with, uh, you know, with your obviously not being honest with yourself, it's a great, uh, it's a great sign that uh, you, you might have a, a problem. You know, so that that would be a a, um, a great time to uh, to reach out for help um, if there's if there's anyone you're comfortable with. I think that's uh, uh, very evident of an issue. Um, you know, we also had a uh, our neighbor who uh, began stealing from us because he, he was addicted for, for years and years. You know, he went to rehab eight, 10 times. And it, it, like you said, it, the drug's so powerful that, uh, you know, um, it, you don't want to admit you have a problem, but it's very evident that when people are on it, they're, they're nowhere near themselves, um, you know, and their, their priority is completely changed. So the drug is, the, you know, it's always the, the number one thing on their mind. How, how are they going to get their, their next dose? Um, you know, and it doesn't really matter how, and it's not, it's not their mind making, you know, the decision. It's, uh, it's the drug. So, uh, you know, to touch based on, uh, you know, what you said, I think that's a very good point. Uh, you know, as far as my gambling went, you know, I, I found myself always mentioning my wins, but you know, no one would ever hear about, uh, about the, the minus $2,500 days, you know, they would, they would always yeah. hear about, uh, I think that's, uh, a similar, a similar thing. Um, 
you know, as far as uh, any addiction goes. Well, it's uh, it's all relative. Um, addiction is addiction, and when it starts, when something starts affecting your life, and you know, you start obsessing it, your thinking, your behavior changes. Um, you know, you start to have a problem, and that's the thing, right? Is people. Um, my view on it is that the world is very judgmental and myself included, like, uh, it's just our nature because I feel like as human beings, uh, people don't want to like to admit it, but we're all insecure and, uh, you know, people like to bring other people down, uh, because it makes themselves feel better or whatever the case is. Uh, but you know, being able to to be honest and the fear of not being judged is so important and um i think just getting over the fact of, of worrying about that and, and then just finding uh, the right people um you know the right group and it's you know people places and things uh, are really really important and i really just want to talk to to you chris and, and punts because you guys are really just winding down your careers and um, you know, it's, it's really hard. I mean, I haven't played for quite some time and my story is um, extreme. Uh, you know, you probably don't have to worry about ending up on Hastings in Vancouver with a needle in your arm or in jail. However, um, the depression uh, and the finding yourself and finding meaning and purpose, that is fucking real. So I want you guys to know um, that if you need anything, you know, you got my back. I could put you in contact with, with our whole team. If you guys want to get involved at all, as much or as little as you want to, um, you know, we're, we're looking for guys, even if it's just something small, if it's something techie or if it's something, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be – whatever you think you could do to help and, and people listening to the same thing. Um, but for you guys, I just want you guys to know um, that, you know, as you guys are finding, you know, your way through life and, and, you know, I'm still doing the same fucking thing, man. I, I haven't figured it out by any means. So don't, you know, don't think that I'm sitting here telling you what to do by any means, but I just want you guys to know that uh, if you're struggling or whatever, please, you know, reach out or whatever, like anything that gets said to me, uh, for anyone listening, like it's confidential. I don't tell people shit uh, unless I can, I get permission, um, like I did from from Nancy Lashinsky uh, and Matt Fadden, Mitch Fadden's brother, um, you know, and his parents uh, to talk about certain things. Uh, but you know, confidentiality is huge, and, and we're gonna have um, for you guys, and, and then obviously people listening, uh, guys listening, like we're gonna have. Um, medical professionals like doctors and stuff like that have nothing like we will not like the guys on the board and stuff like us we don't even know um you know what's going on or anything like that like you know what i mean it will never come out so um everything will be done professionally like it, it, you guys i'm so excited it just people will be blown away by the amount of people we're going to help um and we're looking for people that want to help and mike hangan is biggest thing here uh is uh, we don't we're not trying to have meetings about meetings and and talking about helping people like if you want to be on the board and and be involved and and you don't have to be in the board but if you want to be involved then be involved like like the thing with us like we're we're uh, really involved so like it doesn't matter if we have kids or a job or anything uh because addiction doesn't take days off depression doesn't take days off anxiety doesn't take days off uh so the puck support foundation and its members cannot take days off either um, and that's our mentality. Um, so, you know, 
if you do want to get involved uh, and you want to be really involved and you have to be willing to be committed. However, um, there are tons of ways everybody can help uh, in any small way. So listen, guys, I'm going to wrap this up, but I would love uh, for any one of you guys uh, to hop on here anytime uh, as things progress with the studio, Matt's probably going to be on again. Uh, we'll touch base with you guys uh, as hockey starts up, but uh, I want you two to know, especially because um, Matt, I talked to Thompson. I talked to Thompson like fuck five times a day. So um, me and him get to talk all the time. But but Lawrence, uh, you know, I haven't talked to you in years, and, and Punts is the first time we talked. Um, but you know, I, I mean it when I say it. It's you know, uh, I I wish you guys all the best, um, and I really hope that. Uh, your transition is smooth and, and it's very possible. Uh, a lot of guys do it. Um, but if there's days when you're struggling or months when you're struggling, um, pick up the phone, uh, give me a call, give somebody a call. Cause fuck man, we can't lose any more fucking soldiers along the way, man. This is, uh, it just uh, enough is enough in my mind. And I hope you guys feel the same way. Uh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, definitely, uh, Brady. And I just want you to know uh, I'm proud of you for uh, putting all this together and uh, very thankful that uh, we've reconnected. Yeah, Larry, fuck, it's been great. And it's just so fucking crazy that it's come full circle. Um, you know, 2000, summer of 2008, July, there we were, uh, Bear Mountain Resort, roommates for a yeah. week. We didn't fucking know each other. Um, and, you know, here we are all these years later, connecting over a, a fallen hockey player, which is a tragic story. Um, but you know what? We There's nothing we can do to bring Matt Lashinsky back, and that's really unfortunate. Um, but what we can do is we can remember him, honor him, uh, and try uh, to help the next guy so that, um, you know, uh, we can all just work together and make sure that this doesn't happen. And, uh, you know that's really just the, the vision here. So thank you guys. Uh, if anybody else has anything to say, um, feel free. Um, but other than that, guys, we're going to wrap it up and it's just crazy. This is episode 24, uh, which was Lashinsky's number. So if anybody wants to say anything, uh, now's the time. Yeah, no doubt, buddy. Uh, you know, really appreciate, uh, what you said there, saying there to you. Um, you know, I'd, I'd be honored to, uh, to help out in any way I can going forward it's a, it's a wonderful cause and uh you know like larry touched on very proud of you dude i mean it's, it's there's not many things that are tougher to do than uh to overcome an addiction like that and obviously it's a never-ending battle so uh you know keep up the wonderful work um with with the addiction and and with uh and with what you're doing now um you know just uh just wanted to send my love and uh and respect to, towards the lisinski family and any other uh you know yeah. fallen fallen uh victims of the of the awful drugs um you know or any addiction for that matter um you know to send some love their way and uh and to some of the two Marie boys too uh you know the group uh mclean andrew yeah. jager dan and sadly good um uh miss you boys and uh yeah keep spreading the love keep spreading the word buddy it's very important thanks punts uh larry if you want to say yeah something, yeah for uh, sure brady it's uh Go ahead, Wait, I'm going to jump in quick there, Brady. It's uh, it's an honor, buddy, for what you're doing. And like I said, you know, keep doing what you're doing, man. You're doing such a good job. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's sad that, you know, we have to uh, – it had to come, you know, something like this that had to happen. But, uh, you know, it's an honor that uh, you can uh, remember Maddie and the way you're doing it and keep up the good work, buddy. Yeah, 
Thanks, buddy. And uh, your friendship means uh, fuck more than you'll probably ever understand. So I appreciate that. And Lawrence, if you want to say uh, the last thing here, we'll wrap it up. I know yeah, you just like your little send off, but <laughs> yeah, just like to send out a little extra love to and uh, remembering uh, Mitch Fadden and his family. Uh, he was a great kid. Uh, played with them in Norfolk and um, hell of a player and uh, hell of a friend. And uh, sad uh, that he's gone now, but uh, definitely uh, we'll remember him forever. And uh, thanks for uh, giving us this platform, uh, Brady, and uh, doing everything you're doing. And would definitely uh, like to be involved and uh, help any way I can. Awesome guys. Well, uh, yeah, so that's, that's a wrap on, on episode 24. I'm going to press, uh, press that old hang up button, but guys, listen, we got that group, uh, the four of us on Facebook, we can just leave that open or whatever, but let's all uh, stay in touch and, uh, I'll keep everybody up to date on the studio. Once again, if anybody wants to uh, donate to the studio, uh, we've already had so many great donations. We've had money donations. We've also had, uh, some unbelievable donations of supplies like flooring and we're having the siding donated. Uh, Matt's uh, aunt and uncle are, are helping us out too, I believe, with the windows uh, or doors or something. Uh, it's just incredible. I can't even keep up because there's so much love, guys, and uh, we just really appreciate it. But uh, follow uh, follow us along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram uh, for updates on the Matthew Lashinsky Memorial Studio. Uh, once again, every Wednesday and Saturday mornings on the Hockey Podcast Network, new episodes of Hockey Heroin, The Road to Recovery. Uh, I believe uh, my next guest is going to be Lauren Fry. Lauren Fry was the assistant coach uh, with Graham James when they won the Memorial Cup in the 1989 uh, Memorial Cup with Swift Current. Obviously a terrible person in Graham James, but Lauren Fry uh, had no idea. And Lauren Fry uh, was uh, the assistant general manager for the Kelowna Rockets um, since forever. Uh, he has multiple Western Hockey League championship rings, Memorial Cup rings. He just retired, and he is one of the most respected minds in all of hockey uh junior hockey in canada for sure uh wouldn't be surprised if he's getting uh inducted into the bc sports hall of fame for sure um but anyways guys uh also matthew barnaby a uh, longtime nhler is going to be joining me really excited about that uh also ryan vandenbush longtime nhl enforcer so guys uh just want to say thank you so much to uh matthew thompson matt punchereri Chris Lawrence, uh, team, those two guys played with Maddie in the Sioux and uh, Thompson, obviously uh, one of Lashinsky's uh, best buddies and, and the one who uh, enlightened me with uh, the tragic story. However, uh, we're shedding some very important light on this, guys. So uh, once again, thank you to these guys uh, and stay tuned, guys, uh, for more updates. And remember, every Sunday night live stream giveaways, team issued uh, giveaways, uh, team issued.ca, promo code TOEDRAG15. Thanks, guys. Thanks, brother. Thank you, bud. Thanks, bud. Take care. Stay safe, guys. Guys, that is episode 24 of Hockey to Heroin, The Road to Recovery. It's pretty ironic that it all fell and it happened to be episode 24. It really has been a privilege to get to know uh, the story of Matthew Lashinsky along with getting to know his family and all of his friends and former teammates and then being able to uh, create this studio in his honor uh, with Matt Thompson has just been incredible. I just really want to say thanks to these guys again for taking the time and sharing these stories. Um, really want to thank Matt Thompson again for his friendship and uh, 
just being uh, an incredible person because aside from the studio, um, he's been there for me to talk to about all sorts of things. So uh, I truly appreciate it, Matt. And guys, um, I do want to just say, even though uh, at the end there, um, you know, I mentioned a few things and I mentioned Team Issued, but guys, I really do uh, love Team Issued and their clothing is sick. Um, so guys, head over to teamissued.ca, promo code TOEDRAG15, of course. Uh, Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. I finally nailed that down. I had to read it. Um, but I truly believe in this brand and we're doing some amazing things. Partnership with Hockey the Heroin and Team Issued. Uh, and then Team Issued and the Puck Support Foundation. Uh, it's just incredible. I cannot wait uh, for everybody um, to see what we are creating. And if anybody wants to be a part of it, guys, uh, send an email to team at pucksupport.com uh, if you'd like to be an ambassador uh, or be a member of the team. We've built the board uh, and we are happy with that. We are not bringing any new members on the board at this time. However, we do need a team of ambassadors and of officers almost uh, is the right word I believe in the charity um, but guys if anybody wants to get involved uh, and be hands-on in helping people please please reach out to us uh, and stay tuned for more uh, it's just really incredible and I just want to give a shout out to all the guys uh, Michael Hangen, Jesse Paradise, Carson Grant uh, and Cooper Hollick um, these are the board members of the Pucksport Foundation along with myself and uh, I appreciate all their hard work and their time um, because uh, they're putting a lot of time and effort in this as well. I also want to thank Janet Hollick, Cooper Hollick's mom. Uh, she's actually going to be in control of all the social media accounts now going forward. So, um, you know, I'm not on there anymore, guys. If you want to stay connected with me, you can reach me. Uh, Brady Lebel at HockeyToHeroin.com or anywhere on social media at HockeyToHeroin, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, Facebook. Uh, guys, if you're struggling, please reach out to somebody. Um, there's been way too many suicides in, in you know, the sports world, especially the hockey world. And unfortunately, I lost my former brother-in-law to suicide. He wasn't a hockey player, but he uh, took his own life about four days ago. And... Uh, this uh, mental health uh, disease is real. Um, I know from firsthand experience and uh, suicide, addiction, all these things, post-concussion syndrome, uh, a lot of them tie hand in hand together and we're gonna change this. We are gonna change the world. I'm confident in that uh, because it needs to happen and we're gonna do it. Uh, nobody else is doing it, so we're gonna do it. If anybody else wants to be a part of it, guys, please help us out. But we have a lawyer involved now uh, we are incorporating this thing. We're sending it off very soon. We just passed all the bylaws uh, in the corporation. It's very exciting. Uh, the last piece of news, guys, I was actually at, at the hospital today uh, for something great. Uh, I wasn't able to take part in it, but Taylor, uh, my little warrior, uh, who's pregnant right now, um, and she's been really sick. Uh, it's been really tough to watch. Taylor, I love you, baby, and uh, I just... Uh, I wish I could do more for you and I just can't wait to spend our lives together and have this kid and she had an ultrasound today and we get to find out the sex on Thursday so 
We're going to do a reveal, a hockey reveal. Stay tuned for that on the Facebook, uh, Hockey Heroin Facebook page, guys. Uh, and just remember, have a great day if you so choose.